podcast i was joined by scott and cammy from the rangers rabble podcast on this podcast we talk about rangers securing their first league title in 10 years and we also talk about rangers flying high in europe hi guys how are you doing very good i'm all right mate thanks for amazon no no bother So, so guys what have you made of rangers this season obviously rangers have just secured their 55th title I has been probably one of the best seasons I can remember, apart from the fact that obviously we've been watching the house. But being able to just sit and enjoy your team playing for a season, barely lose, and just play some some of the best football I've seen from a Rangers team has just been unbelievable this season. Yeah. I, 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 I just can only echo what, what Scott said. It's been the only disappointment has been been sitting in the house um, we've not been 50,000 fans at Ibrox enjoying the the performances but the the players and the, the management have deserve massive credit for everything they've achieved and the season's not over yet we've still got a we've still got a Scottish Cup to still got a Scottish Cup, Cup to go for and try to yeah. end the league season unbeaten but uh, it's been it's been fantastic So what have you made of Rangers uh, playing in European football? I'll take that okay, one. Okay. <laughs> um, basically, I think since Gerard came in in 2018, our European record has been right for the start. It just it suits the way we want to play. Uh, Michael Beale sets up the sets up the team very tactical. So Europe, I think, has been uh, has been superb. I think um, we've played a lot of really, really good sides across the three seasons, and it's been a year-on-year progression. But we just fell short against um, against the Czech side a couple of weeks ago. But we'll go again next year, and uh, Europe doesn't hold any fears. Yeah, and obviously Rangers are going to be in the Champions League next season. So what are you make about that? Uh, Champion, it'll be a lot difficult to qualify compared to Europa League because I was looking at the teams who we could play and I think in the playoff we could play Slavia Prague again I think we play Salzburg so there's a lot of difficult teams but as Cami said there's not a lot to fear going into Europe much like this season so give us a two-leg tie against most teams I think we can do a job on a lot of, it, a lot of good teams in Europe with the yeah. way we defend and how Especially this season, we've seen what nine, ten goals in the league. Decent defence in Europe gets you a lot of places, so I think we can just carry that over. Yeah. So, who would you say has been the standout standout player for Rangers this season? That's <laughs> that's probably the, the million dollar question. It's been asked a hundred times in the last uh, few weeks, but. There's, there's three or four players I've been probably head and shoulders above above the rest, but I must stress it has been very much a, a team effort. Um, for me, the goalkeeper, Alan McGregor, uh, Stephen Davis, Connor Golson and Jane, James Tavernier. I could make a case for any one of the four of them being player of the year, and I think that's the... That's why we've been successful because they are they form the, the sort of spine of the side, and uh, they've 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 been fantastic, you know. So personal preference, I would probably go for Tav just because he's a fullback. 
he scored a crazy amount of goals up until until Christmas. Unfortunately, he's been injured the last uh, the last few weeks, but he um, he's he's been here. He's been with us for a long time, and he's been he's he deserves this title as much as any any of the players because he's he's taking a lot of stick off media supporters. Had a few downs off the off the other side of the city, um, so I would go for Tav, but it's just pers- personal preference on that one. For me, my player of the season's probably mentioned him. That's got to be the goalkeeper for me, Alan McGregor. He's just been probably the most consistent performer, and I think the way I look at it is if you swap McGregor for Barkas, I don't think we win the league as far as we do. But if you swap let's say Tav for one of Celtic's right backs, I think we still win it convincingly. So I think McGregor, the goalkeeper, has been the main difference, and I think that's why I give my player the season to Alan McGregor. So how highly do you rate Alan McGregor? Do you think he's in the top Rangers goalkeeper or, or who would you have? My era, <laughs> I've only seen Alan McGregor play, so I can't really comment on a Gorham or a Kloss. I think that's more Cammy's area of comment on uh, listen, goalkeepers. Scott, Scott, Scott's bang on. I was, I, I would say it's, it's down to your age, you know, and what you've, uh, what you've seen. You know, I mean, I think... Over time, I think if you were to come back to me in 20 years' time, I think uh, it'd be an interesting question because a lot of people would only really remember Alan McGregor, you know, but I mean, he's, it's just his age. For me, it's his age, you know, I mean, he's 39, you know, he's getting better, he's almost getting better with age. Uh, Andy Gorham, for me, will always be the, the, the best Rangers goalkeeper that I've seen. But for anybody that's only seen uh, Alan McGregor, I can I can understand why they would only go for him. But great character as well. I, I expect him to sign a, a new contract in the next few weeks because um, he's he's not involved with international football and he's, he he gets international breaks to to put his feet up and and do whatever he wants. But I agree, he could play for another couple of years. I think. Yeah. The next bit I want to talk about is a bit of sad news. Glenn Kamara, he was subject to racial abuse. What did you make of that against Slavia Prague? Well, it was disgusting. I don't think there's any other way to put it about it. The way the excuses they've kind of made up, like you don't go over and cut your ears to say you're an effing guy into someone's ear. You just don't do that, especially when you're mid-talking to them. And then Slavia Prague putting out a no to, say no to racism video two days after was also disgusting. And then saying they've phoned the police when Police Scotland say they haven't. I just think the whole thing from Slavia Prague has been disgusting. And I want to praise Stephen Gerrard and the way he's handled it. Because obviously, dealt with this stuff throughout his career with obviously Luis Suarez playing at Liverpool. But he's never had to deal with it as a manager and as a leader. And the way he's handled it, I think he's done it perfectly. But Kamara the full way. And also, we've seen a unite in Scottish football. Scott Brown before the Gold Farm game. don't think any Rangers fan can say they like Scott Brown, but what he'd done going up to Kamara shaking his hand was just, I, th- I saw it as a sign of respect and I had to tip my hat to the guy. Yeah. I've just got full respect for the way Rangers as a, as a club um, and as Scott says, that the manager has backed uh, not just Kamara, he's backed the, the other the other players uh, affected uh, that were involved in it. Golston was involved in it. Kemmer Roof has, has taken a lot of abuse on uh, on social media 
sort of thing. And it's obviously, but Slavia Prague have handled it shockingly. Um, I think it'll be very interesting to see. I'm not expecting a great deal from UEFA, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I could be naive, but I think you may, Rangers, I think, will probably be punished as well for, for, whatever's, for whatever's went on in the, in the tunnel. Uh, after it, uh, the 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 UEFA observer report will be quite interesting, but I, I expect Rangers to to get a to get a financial punishment as well as Slavia, and I think the player will probably get a slap on the wrist. You know, UEFA aren't interested. You know, they, they just pay lip service to it. And personally speaking, you you spoke about the Champions League qualifiers. I would love to get Slavia Prague in the playoff round. And um, fifty thousand Rangers fans uh, back at Ibrox, and knock them out on the way to the Champions League because I think uh, the players and the supporters would be would be right up for it. Um, they're, they're a club I don't uh, I don't have a, any time for at all. I don't know about you guys, but I would like it if Slavia Prague actually got put out the the, the Europa League this season because that's not going to get rid of racism. Surely you need to make a stance and say. Slavia Prague don't deserve to be in the competition still. Yeah, I agree with you there. I've no bones about it. My English team is Tottenham, so you're top in the background, but I've never wanted Arsenal to win a football game more in my life than when they play Slavia Prague in a couple of weeks because I think they just don't deserve to be in Europe at all and I hope UEFA do. But as Cami said, they won't do anything. Both teams will get fined for failing to control their players' Ten, 10 grand each probably and nothing else will happen that's that's what I think will happen a few weeks later about it yeah I, I think Scott's bang on um, I don't Rangers supporters we don't want to get put back in the competition we were beaten fair and square across the across the two legs but the way that uh, Slavia have handled it UEFA if they had any sort of interest in it that's what they would do you know because they've just the way they've handled it after every statement and every social media post and the fact that the, the player was due to travel to Wales to play an international didn't travel because Slavia feared for his safety. It's a complete cop-out because they know that uh, Police Scotland are going to go and speak to him and probably charge him or, or, or do whatever, you know. They know that, they know that their, their man's guilty, but they're, they're, uh, they're just uh, and the same thing will happen when they play Arsenal they won't travel when they when they play Arsenal I expect the exact same situation they're just running scared but UEFA UEFA um, they don't have any leadership and they, they won't handle it the way that they should yeah so the next point I want to talk about is what is your first Rangers memory I think mine's a bit a lot later on than yours <laughs> <laughs> My first game, I, I remember it well. It was a 3-0 win at Ibrox against Aberdeen. 07, I think it was. And I think McCulloch, Naismith and Whitaker all scored. And that was the first proper engraved memory I have in my head of watching Rangers. I don't remember anything actual on the pitch. I just remember the game, the score and the scorers. Um, aye, I'm a, a wee bit older than uh, young Scott, 2007. Yeah. I don't even want to tell you what age I was in 2007, but to be fair, <laughs> my first game, I was seven years old many, many, many years ago. 
I would say the, the season Graham Souness took over, 1986-87, it was a very similar situation to, to now. First league title in, in nine years. And the following season, we beat Celtic. Uh, Ibrox with five goals to one. And it should have been six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We should have went on and hammered them. Um, but that, for me, long, long time ago now. But it's a memory that uh, I w- I'll, always, uh, I'll always remember. 1988, you know, I mean, crazy. I mean, what's that? 20 years between my memory and, and Scott's memory, yeah. you know. But over, over the course of watching Rangers... Uh, I consider myself lucky that I've seen Rangers win a lot of league titles. I saw nine in a row and all that sort of situation. The likes of Scott that, and the, the younger element of the Rangers support haven't experienced the winning a league title. You know, So that's why it's extra special for the next generation, this, this title that we have won this year. Um, and I think it's it's great for the, the the supporters, even young young kids at ten, eleven, twelve. That will ignite their uh, enthusiasm for Rangers, and uh, they'll they'll know that this is only the the start of winning more trophies, you know. But yeah. Um, aye. So I just wanted to ask you, what do you expect Rangers to do in the transfer window? Go for it. I think we, first of all we need a cover for Ryan Jack in mid- midfield because when he was injured that we definitely missed something. He was injured against Celtic. He was injured against a couple of games against Slavia Prague, and we desperately missed him. So I think we need another midfielder, probably a right winger, maybe to if because we don't we don't really play with a right winger. Can I play with a right ten? So maybe a right winger if we need to change something. For that, I can't think. Don't know about you, Cammy. Aye, to be, that the 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 right ten or whatever we're calling it this week. I think a, a right sided Ryan Kent would be, uh, would would be ideal. To be honest, midfield, middle of the park. I think we definitely we definitely need. The 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 issue for me is nobody knows who's going to stay. We've got a lot of players that are. Uh, going into the last year of their contract uh, are well sought after so I think a, a lot depends on uh, who stays um, to be honest with you Morelos has uh, been in, in great form the last three or four months I think there will be interest in, in, in him come the, come the summer So, but to answer the question if everybody that's here now was to stay I think a, a number eight type midfield player that can uh, can get can get goals from uh, midfield. Just something somebody that offers a wee bit different. I'm a big fan of Scott Arfield, and I repeat this all the time. It's a a younger version of Scott Arfield that can get up and down and about the pitch and uh, get get in behind the the defences and what have you. That would be my uh, that would be my number one signing and a right-sided uh, sort of Ryan Kent. That would be the two, but um, it's all very much dependent on who we can who we can keep a hold of. If we if we lose lose some of our bigger players, then uh, you obviously have to you have to try and replace them first. So if I was to say somebody like Lewis, if Ferguson at Aberdeen, would you take Lewis Ferguson? No, uh, no, personally, no. Personally, not. Um, not that I, I don't think they get, the guy's got um, there is potential there, and I think we signed Scott Wright from Aberdeen for for fifty grand or whatever. 
he's showed up really, really well in the first first two or three weeks that he's he's been he's he's shown. So there is part of me thinks I Ferguson playing alongside better players might show up well in the Rangers team. The problem will be Aberdeen. I think will want probably two to three million pounds for him. And personally, I don't think I think we can spend two to three million pounds better than somebody that could be a good Rangers player. I think the thing with Lewis Ferguson is people just look at his surname and look at his family tree and think he'll be a good Rangers player. But as I said, as Cammy said, I wouldn't take Lewis Ferguson. I'd look because we've had a lot of um, good uh, transfer business across Europe. Sebastic coming in from Croatia. Uh, Hadji coming in from Belgium so I'd look across Europe and see what we can find, maybe even mid-table Premiership, go to Palace go to Palace or a Burnley or somewhere like that, see who's your midfield you like to sell, I'm pretty sure we could pay for it very easily Have you got anybody in mind that you think they could they could bring in, I'm thinking of someone else, Alan Campbell Alan Campbell, I don't see Cam, Alan Campbell, he's a good player but I don't think he's much of an upgrade on what we've got I would look in nah, mind. I don't really know. I'm not really in terms of the scouting thing. I, I don't know. That's down to Ross Wilson and the scouts to look at that. But over names, no, nah, I'm not 100 sure on names. If we'll be I think Campbell and, Campbell and Ferguson for me are decent. But Scott nails it. We're looking to try and improve and get better. We've got young, talented midfield players. Young Stephen Kelly will be on his way back from Ross County. Is Alan Campbell better than him? I doubt it. Kieran Dixon, out on loan. I would rather improve those players and supplement the squad rather than sign Campbell for Motherwell as much as he'll be available for probably a nominal fee. I think he's out I think he's out of contract this summer, um, but as I say, Ferguson would cost too much. Uh, cost too much money. It's very difficult try to try to guess, you know, because Ross Wilson keeps um, he keeps everything very much in house, and I think the I think on our on our podcast we had a, a journalist uh, Scott McDermott from the Sunday Mail, and Scott basically said you, you don't get anything, you know, so you've not got. Uh, stories in the paper linking you with X, Y and Z player. You know, the first you find out Rangers are signed a player generally is is when it happens and uh, I think um, the difficulty Scott says about going down to England the wages down south are the problem. So I think that going into Croatia going into Belgium, going into Czech Republic or places like that and, and sniffing out a player that's 21, 22, 23, and you can get him for two or three million pounds. I mean, I think you saw that Slavia Prague side. As much as I don't want to really give them any cash, there was there was a few players within that their side that were that were quality, yeah, and I think yeah. that would come would come into it. I couldn't name them to be honest with you, but I think they just looked a very uh, technical and a very organised side. Yeah. The next thing I just want to talk to you about is Stephen Gerrard. We'll have you of Stephen Gerrard because obviously the, the the first couple of years didn't go so well, but now he's just suddenly doing so well. I I've always with Gerrard I've always seen progression, whether that's from the team or from him. There's always been progression. I always go back to that first his first league game was against Aberdeen. We drew one each, 
And after the game, he said, we were levels above Aberdeen. And in that same season, we get put at the Cup twice. We get put at the Scottish Cup, get put at the League Cup, and we drew with them in the league. And I always go back to that and see, I've never seen that from Gerard since. So I think he's definitely learned from that comment. And then, obviously, the celebration at Celtic Park last season has been well documented. In hindsight, he'd probably overdone it. But now, seeing this season, he's been very calm and composed on the touchline at full time. So I definitely think there has been a lot of progression from Gerard, And also, we see it on the park. Like first season, we didn't get the group stage of the Europa League. Last season, we got the last 16. Get put by very good by Leverkusen side, which can't really put on Gerard. Leverkusen were just too good. And it was the same with Slavia Prague. As much as we don't want to give him credit, they were a half-decent side. So I have seen a lot of progression from Gerard himself and from the team itself. Um, ahead and into next season, do you expect Gerard will be, will be there or you expect Liverpool to come calling? I don't think at, at this point. I think uh, we we all know that that's the that's the job that that Gerard will leave Rangers for. I, I genuinely don't believe. He'll be tempted by anything other than the than the Liverpool job, you know, potentially the England job, you know that that could, but that's no day to day. I would expect uh, Gerard. I think he'll want to retain retain his league title. Um, I think that's that's important. Winning the first title is important, but I think retaining it is uh, equally as important. And I think he'll want to take us into the into the Champions League. Um, I don't think Klopp. Listen, Liverpool have had a a strange season but you know there is mitigating circumstances you know I mean they have had a horrendous run of injuries and, and all that sort of stuff and I think Klopp, Klopp will, will want to um, want to write that and I've seen one or two uh, they're linked with a centre half from from Leipzig uh, they're, they're going to be signing so Klopp's already planning for, for next season interestingly Gerard and Klopp both our contracts expire at the same time in 2024. Coincidence? I, I probably yeah. it's probably it's probably coincidental. I generally don't think it's uh, it's uh, any more than that unless they, they both have the same agent. But I think, listen, we we all just want to get back to Ibrox and give this Rangers team and this Rangers management team the recognition. They've they've seen it by the, the scenes at Ibrox and the scenes in the city centre and all that sort of stuff. But I think um we all want to be back and we want we, we want to back them to, to retain that a league title and get us into the get us into the Champions League next season. Yeah, yeah I think Cami brings up a very good point there in terms of I don't think Gerard wants to have his last Rangers game in front of blue seats. I think you'll want to Turn up as a champion in front of um, full Ibrooks. So I think that's a very, I think that's a great point he makes there. I think he will probably have another season or two. In personally, I do think it's. I don't think it's coincidental that the contracts by the same year. So I think that's one of the first things Gerard would have said in his negotiations was, "If Liverpool comes in, can I leave?" And they probably would have said, "Yeah." No, I just want to talk to you guys about. What would be the favourite Rangers games that you have watched or been to? That's a that's a very well. Obviously, it'll be 
potentially easier for Scott to answer this one than it would be for myself to answer this one. Um, listen, one of the, the it wasn't a great game, Rangers, when we qualified for the UEFA Cup final back in 2008. I, I travelled to all the away games that season, uh, went to oh, Lisbon and all that sort of situation, cost a fortune, but memories that will last a lifetime. Went to Florence the, the, that night. It was the worst game you have ever seen and you will never, not think anybody will ever watch the the 90 minutes and the extra time ever again because it was it was stinking. Rangers were backs to the wall. We just defended superbly. But the penalty shootout Aye. is... Uh, listen, overnight, I'll watch it on YouTube and Nacho, Nacho Novo, even the emotions during the, the penalty shootout, Barry Ferguson missed the first penalty and we're all thinking, oh, games, games are bogey. But then... They missed a couple of penalties and then Nacho slots that away. And that feeling, uh, you know, I mean, one of the pictures at the back of me is Nacho Novo after he's he slid on his knees in front of the Rangers fans. And I, I listen, Rangers won the league three weeks ago. I cried like nobody's business. That night, 2008, was just goosebumps. It was just uh, unbelievable. Um, and un, But uh, unfortunately, we didn't finish the job off when we... We played Zenit in the final, but that uh, that penalty shootout and the celebration after uh, after it within that small band band of Rangers, there was only a couple of thousand Rangers fans there, and I'm I'm grateful that I was uh, that was one of them that saw it live. One of my so as Cammy said, there was a lot less games. I mean, probably one of my favourites that I've been to was actually last season in Braga. The one 0 game, Ryan Kent scored. Oh, nice! Yeah, that, yeah. It's a, it was a, cracking. It was a good. It was a decent game of football, but I don't actually remember much about the game apart from the goal, because I don't remember much about football games because it's pure nerves the full way through, especially when as especially when we have back to the wall. Because obviously we had the goal lead coming off that comeback, which is probably up there as well with favourite games, the home leg, but probably away leg because it was the. I've not. I haven't been to a lot of away European games. I plan to go to Leverkusen, but then obviously that shut down. But yeah, that away game against Bragg was amazing, especially because our stadium was beautiful as well. It's pure built in Tam Mountain, but the game itself and the goal was just class. Yeah. So next thing I want to talk to you guys about is: Do you think Rangers can go the the, the whole season unbeaten? I think it's, uh, it's it's very possible, you know. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I hope that this international break um, has allowed uh, some of the players that aren't away in international duty just to recharge and uh, go again for the next five six weeks. I think um, we've got still we've got a few home games, you know. I mean, the games after the split, I think it's Livingston away and St Johnston away, and then three home games. You know, to be honest with you. I would be, I'm not saying I'd be disappointed, it's probably the, the wrong word, but I'd be very surprised if we lost any of the five matches um, after the split. And I think 100 points, I remember saying, saying on one of the podcasts, maybe a couple of months ago, 100 points was a, was a target. And I think we can potentially get 104 at the moment. 
Um, so I think a hundred points. I think I'm not saying Gerard set the players a target, but I think they'll be. They would. I think they would quite like to go unbeaten, go unbeaten, hit a hundred points, and win the Scottish Cup. Happy days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I can. Uh, the only game that worries me is the Celtic game, obviously because it is Celtic we're playing. But most games this season, we should. I think. As Cammy said, we should go unbeaten. And if we had 100 points, then I think it's the best points tally in Rangers history, or it's definitely up there in terms of, Scott, in terms of top flights. So if we do that, then it's unbelievable. I think I think we will, and I think the Scottish Cup is obviously the main aim, because another trophy. But going league unbeaten, you just can't argue with that. Yes. I just want to talk to you guys now about who would be the favourite Rangers players for you guys growing up? For me, um, Ali McCoist. Um, Ali McCoist, the uh, greatest goal scorer the uh, Rangers have ever had. Um, he's now obviously very... Uh, he's on on all the BT Sports, Sky Sports, Top Aye. Sports, Question of Sport. He's, he's fantastic. He's super Ali. They always talk about the greatest ever Rangers and that John Gregg has that um, has that accolade. But but for me, um, Super Ali nine in a row, uh, three hundred and fifty five goals. You know, I mean, what a, what a player! Um, I, I think I, I don't think any, I don't ever see a goal scorer like that uh, playing for Rangers ever again. Yeah, for me, uh, probably you mentioned him before. Nat Trenovo was always my favourite growing up. Oh, him, and Barry, him and Barry Ferguson as a double act were just unplayable in their day. Natural mainly, I don't know what it was with Natural, always had a connection with the fans. He didn't always play every game. He played every old firm game and scored in every old firm game. But he never really played in a lot of games between 08 probably and then when, then he left. But he just had this connection with the fans that I don't think a lot, probably similar to what Morelos has the now, a lot of connection with the young fans. Natural had that. And obviously Barry Ferguson, just because it's Barry Ferguson and he's an icon. Yeah. And to be honest, to be honest with, with Natural Novo, Natural had the opportunity to go and uh, talk to the talk to Celtic. And as the song goes, he said, no thanks. And before before Natural had even played for Rangers, the fans, uh, the fans loved him and Listen, he's, I talk about Ali McCoy. Nacho Novo scored some massively important goals across his Rangers. Scored the goal to get us into the Champions League. Huge pot of cash. Scored the penalty to get us to, to Manchester. Helicopter Sunday. You know, listen, Nacho probably will only be considered a, a legend, uh, as, as, as you would put I think, my God. He had, he had one hell of a, a Rangers career, and as as Scott says, just he, he took to it. See, for a, a wee guy from Spain, you know, you would have thought he had been born and brought up in in Scotland. You know, I mean, he's taken he's taking Rangers to his uh, to his heart, and I think he's uh, eyes he's he's, uh, he's a cracking wee player, natural. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about the podcast that you guys are on, the Rangers Rival Podcast. Well, basically, what it started, uh, Martin. I think who you are, who you are, uh, who you were talking to. Martin had been involved with another podcast and uh, just talking to other guys on 
on uh, social media, and it, it just basically evolved from there. And we've uh, only really been running since I think about November time. Uh, I think there's there's been really good growth across that um, across that period. Probably two, the only the only it's a tongue in cheek one here. We have a ridiculous amount of Scots amongst the pod, the the people that that go on it. You know, I, I straight away I said, right, I'll call myself Cami. There's, there's, there's probably two or three other Scots, so we try not to actually all be on the same podcast at the at the same time. Uh, otherwise, it's a bit, it's a bit chaos, you know. But um, I, as I say, Rangers fan media. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Um, Rangers have got a good um, engagement with our supporters now, and I think uh, fan media is very much uh, is thriving yeah, I mean- up here. Yeah, I mean, fan media is a, a great way of um, saying how you feel rather than than uh, listen to the mainstream media and listen to phone-ins such as Clyde One and Sports Sound and all their programmes. So, no, I, I really enjoy what you guys are doing. So, so keep up the good work. I've seen that you managed to get a former Rangers goalkeeper on the podcast as well. Yeah, we got a uh, Cami Bell, which was good, and I think we're trying to get a lot more interviews on. Like, I think we've been trying to contact a, a lot of people to see what we can get. Just try and get, just try to grow it more because interviews. If people see can interview with Cami Bell, they're going to click it, and just getting that viewer retention and just viewing subscribers. Try to grow it a lot as as fast as we can, basically. Yeah. So I think what I think I think one of the other things I think over the course of the last two or three months we've done a lot of live uh, live reaction like after the match and um, like after we after we won the league that Sunday that it's a bit of a funny one actually we won the league that Sunday and we were booked to do a live reaction at half past two but I don't think any of the podcast uh, people that were due to attend were in, in any fit state. Uh, just with the, the emotions of it all. So we so we eventually done it at about half past, uh, half six that night. And even then it was still, but there, there was a lot of emotion and everybody was, uh, we'd had a few beers and everybody was a bit emotional, you know, but something that has really worked in, in the, the first, uh, the last two or three months has been the live pods after, after a match. And then you get the comments in, you get the comments in whilst you're recording and then, so somebody's sitting, they can fire in a question, and then the guys that are on the are on the live reaction can then talk about the point that they raise, you know. So that's something that I think has has really been successful and has really grown, and I think that's something that we will we will continue to um, continue to do. But as Scott says, interviews, I think also try to get different interviews, Rangers podcasts out there. I think you're trying to get something that's a bit different. You know, so I think Cammy Bell, um, that's a good one. You know, I mean, I think he, he was Rangers goalkeeper at a time where it wasn't the greatest time to be a Rangers goalkeeper or a Rangers player. So, and I think that comes across in um, how sort of disappointed he was in the way that it, the way that it worked out. You know, but credit to him for uh, for for just being so open and honest. So, obviously, there was some sad news about about Walter Smith. Uh, regarding his health, have you got some memories about Walter Smith as a Rangers manager? Nine in a row, 
you know, um, listen, uh, Walter Smith's, uh, you know, I was, my sort of era of going home away everywhere was nine in a row, uh, Walter Smith, and I think he's, he's, he's the term Rangers royalty, you know, I mean, Walter Smith is the, the greatest Rangers manager in, in my lifetime. Um, and I think um, he's obviously he's 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 now in the period of recovery after the operation. So fingers crossed he, he recovers and and we see him back at Ibrox in the in the new season. I've 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 been fortunate enough to have uh, I've met him on a couple of occasions and he's a he's a he's a complete gentleman and uh, you know he's he's just uh, so we just wish him good health and hope to see him back at Ibrox soon. Yeah, just to sort of echo what you were saying, uh, just absolute icon. I think it's the best word to describe him. Every like you hear multiple stories about him as a manager. He just had every room he walked into, he just demanded respect and he didn't need to say anything or do anything. He just walks in, the room's silent, looks at him in awe, basically. And my memory's probably a setting spell, definitely it's a setting spell with Man he spoke Manchester and then Three in a row, won it at Tanadice, and then won it but six, five, six games left, the second one. And then that 5 1 game at Rugby Park, which yeah, was actually was... my first Rangers away game, was that game. Was my, is Do... that, and it's up there, one of the best games I've mentioned, I've seen live. Kyle Laffey's seven minutes, went won the league in seven minutes, they say. Yeah, yeah I was just going to mention that. I was just going to, I was just going to say, they scored so many goals in quick succession. Listen, I, I was at I was at that game, and I mean, my goodness, Scott, what a game for your first your first away game. That all panned out. Celtic were winning the league up to about two two weeks before that. Celtic were going to win the league. Then Celtic went up to Inverness and dropped three points. Then I think we had a couple of home games. We won the two home games. Then went to Kilmarnock, and I mean that's that's seven minutes. My God, that these seven minutes are just Naismith, uh, Yelovich, Lafferty. I just fantastic. I mean, it was three nothing in seven minutes. There was Rangers fans all over the stadium, and uh, and the, the Kilmarnock end. It was complete bedlam. Um, and I mean, to be honest, I can't believe that's ten years ago since um, since that happened. You know, I mean that that's uh, that that's a, one of those special. I would say it's not a special game for me, but those seven minutes. I think if you could bottle those seven minutes, it was just uh, unbelievable. I mean, see, if, honestly, yeah, daft one. See if you watch the footage, the highlights again, right? You know how you get the the masks. There's this guy yeah. who runs runs onto the track, and he's got a suit on. And he's got a Walter Smith mask on, and you can actually see Greg Wilde, Lafferty, and Nazy and all that celebrating the goal. This boy's going absolutely tonto on the on the track. The referee, I can't even mind if it was Craig Thompson. He actually see Craig Thompson actually sees this boy and goes, "That guy's got a Walter Smith mask on." You know, it's just it's one of the funny. No matter how many times I watch it, it still makes it still makes you it still makes you laugh. But uh, aye, good times. Okay, guys. Finally, I just want you to give a little plug for the podcast. You can find it on on YouTube. If you just type in the Rangers Rabble podcast. Find us on Twitter at the Rangers Rabble. 
and Instagram's the same. Just type in Rangers Rabble into Twitter, Instagram and YouTube, you'll find us there. Okay, and how often are you guys going live? Well, or, or putting out a podcast or whatever? Generally weekly, uh, weekly podcasts. You generally have a pre-match pod, uh, so generally a couple of times a week, but it's obviously dependent on the schedule. You know, I mean, if, if, if Rangers are playing, we'll do a, a post-match pod. It could be on four times a week. I would probably say maximum, but generally a couple of times a week. Um, that's the sort of minimum that we do. Okay, guys, well, I just want to thank you for coming on. No, no bother. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having us, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Take yeah. care. I just want to thank Scott and Cammy from the Rangers Rail podcast for joining on the podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed the podcast and you can go and look at the Rangers Rabble on Facebook, Twitter and watch the shows on YouTube. The podcast is aimed at all Rangers fans and I would recommend it. It's really good Rangers content and I thank the guys for coming on the show.